Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message by Trevor and Sharon Baker is called How to Watch Over Your Life. We want to invite you to our upcoming Secret Place Gathering. Come and start the year right in the presence of God with guest speakers Chuck Pierce, Ben Fitzgerald, Rachel Hickson and Trevor Baker from the 26th to the 28th of January. Visit our website for registration and for full details. There is no registration fee. Let's just welcome Sharon. She comes to just share some things that have been happening and just updating some of you with what God, the revelation God's been pouring out. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you that as a church, you are watching over us. Lord, you see us. You see us as individuals and you see us as a corporate body. Lord, as, we've, uh, as we're right in the middle of this watch of the Lord, Father, I thank you that you are the God who sees me. You see me. You see my heart. You see my family. You see my situation. Lord, you see our nation. And Lord, we rejoice because you are a faithful God. And you will always do something about what you see. You don't like leaving things the same, but you've taken hold of my life. You've turned me around. You've taken hold of this church. You've turned us around, Lord. You've taken hold of nations and you've set people in place to turn them around. And God, I thank you that as a watcher, as a seer, we come to you this morning that you would give us what you have. Impart to us that gift of being a seer, a watcher, a watchman, to see what you're doing and to be like you. Fill us with your spirit afresh, Lord, in all our exploits for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I am just so grateful that our God is a seer. You know this, whenever we come to a time of prayer and fasting, the watch of the Lord as it is this week, it's always a stretch to me. I can't say that fasting is my number one joy. But you know, if it's something that brings us It doesn't bring necessarily God closer to us, but it does bring us into a position where we're open, where we're more focused, when instead of focusing on ourselves and the next meal and the way we fill our time with all of that, it gives us that space, that God space in our own hearts and as a body to come together, to give him time, to get up out of bed when it's cold and frosty on a January morning. But hey, has it been rewarding when we've turned our hearts to him? He's watching us and all we've been doing is saying, Lord, make me like you. Make me a watcher like you. You know, what I wanted to do was to tell you some of the great things that our God has been saying, some of the the great things that he's been revealing to us this week. But of course, I couldn't help but have him download some more, even when uh, I was reading through all the notes, even when I had the joy of just going 
over again those scriptures that he was revealing to us this week. And I just want to start off um, uh, as I share this morning by something that all of you will recognize that have been in the watch of the Lord. All of you will recognize some of the things that that I share this morning. But when we started off the the watch on Thursday, um, Richard reminded us, Down by the castle in Dudley is a big sign saying, door stewards required, full training given. And this has been a week where we've been trained as door stewards, watchers, gatekeepers, guards, not only over ourselves and our church, but over the areas of responsibility that God has entrusted to us. He's caused that gatekeeping, that guardianship, that sense of being a guard and a watcher to rise in us afresh. Have you felt it rising this week in you? As you've turned your focus to the Lord, it feels like like sometimes we bring our our small attempts, the, the things that we can do, that hour. And the Lord says, but that's what I've asked you for. Don't, don't discriminate that you think what you have is small. I've asked you to watch for an hour. And you know, as we've sat in his presence, stood in his presence, jumped and sang in his presence, shouted yesterday in his presence, we've just taken those hours and we've been watching with the Lord. We've had that sense that he has been watching over us. There's two main areas of watching that I just want to pull out from those times of prayer and revelation that we've had this week. Just two in particular, and I'll hang some things on those two things. The first is uh, from Isaiah 5, where the, um, the prophet describes the vineyard, which in that context, of course, is the people and the land of Israel. And let's just turn to Isaiah 5 for a moment so I can pull up those verses for you. I'll sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in it. What did he do that for? He cut a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. We had one of our pictures was the picture of a watchtower and that God is gracing us with the gift to be watchmen so that it's, it's just like um, as the Lord revealed to Adam in Genesis chapter 2 when he said, I'm putting you in the garden and I want you to work in it and I want you to keep in it. Do you remember the teaching that we've been receiving about that? It's like a worship or a priestly anointing and a kingly, a keeping, a watching anointing. And um, Isaiah 5 describes the watchtower that was built so that the watchman could look over that which had been built. And there's reasons why you look. There's reasons why you watch. There's reasons why we have to keep God. 
And then the second, I'm going to come to those reasons in just a minute. But then the second picture of keeping watch and keeping as if you were a shepherd is from John 10. And that's the picture of keeping watch over the sheep pen, the sheepfold. So it talks in John 10 about the gatekeeper who opens the gate to the shepherd. So this is not only the responsibility of the watchman now, but it's the responsibility of the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper is the one who has set the hedge, set the boundary, keeps the sheep in and keeps the wolf out. He takes care over who's going in and who's going out. He's watching that gate. He's not just watching the hole now, but he's also watching the gate. He's watching the boundary and he's taking care of what he's allowing in. So the picture of the watchtower and the picture of the sheep pen. You know, the Lord is saying to us this week, so what are you watching over? What are the entrustments that I've given to you? If you're the gatekeeper of the sheep pen, what are, who and what are the sheep in your care? And of course, we've been reminding ourselves, well, Lord, first and foremost, you have made me watcher over my own life. Nobody can live my Christian life for me except for me. I can't live your Christian life for you. I can help you. I can pray for you. But I can't do your praying. I can't do your seeking. I can't make you close with the Lord Jesus. I can do that for me. You can do that. I I can impart to you what I know and love of the scripture. But you have to get into there for yourself. You have to get the treasure out for you. You have to see what God is saying to you. For we watch over our own personal lives. You know, you can come to church on a Sunday and I I love it that we gather as often as we do and every other time we gather. But that is like the icing on the cake. Sometimes we can feel, well, I'll go to church on Sunday because I've had such an awful week and I didn't get a minute to even turn my heart to God. I hope there are very few weeks like that. Hey, come on. We probably all have had them in our lives. And praise God for the corporate gathering that we have. But listen, we take this home, church. This isn't just being with God for a couple of hours. We can, we can do this at home. We, I can't give you my walk with the Lord. I can't give you my experience with the Lord. I can't give you those moments in prayer and in worship. But you have to dig deep to get those treasures for yourself. You have the responsibility to watch your own heart. I can't do it for you. Trevor cannot do it for you. The leaders cannot do it for you. But you have that responsibility in God's presence to let him make your heart as his heart. He wants to make your heart whole. He wants to change you 
so that your situation changes. I cannot promise you that he will just flip a switch and everything goes right. But I know this, he's a God who watches you and he will watch your life become whole. Step by step, day by day, week by week, year by year. He's done it for me. I know he can do it for you. And he wants you to watch your heart. He wants you to watch your lips. In Proverbs, it says, put a guard, in Psalms, it says, put a guard over my mouth that I will, over the door of my lips, that I will not sin against you. You know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. In fact, the scripture says the power of death and life is in the, in the tongue. And I want God to put a guard over my lips. I don't want to say things and then end up in the the negative power that I've just decreed over myself. I want to know a watch over my mouth that God will prevent me speaking out that which is not good, that which is not joyful, that which is not from him. I I need a God over my mouth. Never think that you've gone too far, that, you know, you can say anything. It doesn't really matter. It matters. Speak life over yourself. If you need to, stick notices on your mirror. Then you'll speak life over yourself. I've done it. You have no idea the things I've been up to. In order to build myself up, in order to decree life so that I've got a guard, I've got a padlock and I've thrown the key away so that there's a guard on my mouth and I will not sin from the words of my mouth. And what if I do? Do I need to be in shame and guilt for the next three weeks till I drag myself up by my socks? No, I don't. If I sin, I know that I can confess my sin and God is faithful and just to forgive my sin. Does that give me a sort of grace to get away with with everything? Absolutely not. Grace, Paul says, means that I work harder than any of you so that I'll please the Lord. That's an anomaly, isn't it? Grace makes us work harder. Grace gives me a passion for the Lord Jesus so that all I want to do is speak the sort of words he'd be speaking so that I can have that watch over my mouth. Holy Spirit, come, come and do it. He's made us watchers. These are entrustments he's made us watchers over. He's made us watchers over our families. Now listen, we can't be that family member. But when our children are small, he's made us watchers so that we will bring them up in the love and the awe of our God. So that we will be models to them. We'll not only watch them and pull out the prophetic that um, God has spoken into them. You know, I was remembering when Bethy was uh, dedicated, which is nearly nine years ago, I suppose, eight, nine years ago, when she was dedicated. And I was thinking, Lord, what were the words um, that were spoken over Bethy when she was dedicated? And one of the words was about dance. Hey, every single week she's dancing here. Beth has tried a few after-school clubs, and she's tried this and that and the other. Do you know the one that she sticks with 
The one that she always sticks with. Dance. Dance. You know, I've tried to teach the piano. Oh, my goodness. Um, she's doing great on the piano, but I don't think I'm... Uh, you know, I play, you know I play, but I may, maybe I don't have the gift of piano teaching, you know. But anyway, I'll help her with the piano. Negative but confession. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let me just take that. I can teach you piano if you want to know. <laughs> and I can teach Bethy when she comes round too. <laughs> Anyway, she dances. That's the prophetic word on her life. Number one, there's lots of other words. But she, so we watch over that word in her. Do we try and make her um, go canoeing or something at a young age? No, we're going we're gonna to watch over the promises in her. We watch, uh, we can help her go canoeing too. We, we watch over and we guard. So we're guards over our family this week. I had the sad duty, the sad task of taking my mum to into respite care because she's, she's 95 and she's very poorly and very confused. And it was a painful experience to do it. Can I keep watch over her? Not hands-on. I can't. The family can't. But we can watch over her in yeah. prayer. We can bring her to the Lord. We can ask the Lord to send his peace. There's all sorts of ways we can watch over our families. What about the loved ones that aren't with the Lord? Are we going to, like Trev said the other week, are we just going to leave tracks out there and say, pick this up, pick this up, take, take, this is for you. This is definitely for you. Turn, the God channel's always on when they come around. This is for you. Now, listen, there might just be a word in season. I'm not, I know I'm joking, but the might, God might give you, often might just give you a word. You don't have to prefix it with, the Lord told me this when I was in my closet. You know, listen, just, just be normal. Just be the, breathe the Lord Jesus' words to them Amen. and win them with love. Win them with love. Watch over them in the secret place, and God will reward you in the public place. Many of you have got family members that you want to see come back to the Lord. Call them back. Don't give up. But remember, this isn't a burden. God's not giving us a burden on our shoulders. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Give the responsibilities, the entrustments, whether it's yourself, your family, your work, your neighborhood, your community, give it up to him. Say, Lord, how do you want me to be a watcher? What is it you want me to pray out of my children? What is it you want me to pray into my children? How can I show me what you see? I want to see what you see. And then just like Jesus, I'll do what the Father did. So those are some areas of entrustment. We've been talking this morning about Yemen, 
Um, we didn't actually mention India, so just in case we had a meeting where we didn't mention the word, there's India for you. Mentioned Belarus, several nations I think we mentioned. And we're watching with Richard, we're watching yeah. with Shane, we're sending them that apostolic sense of sending. Yeah. This is your home, we're sending you. We're not sending you empty-handed. And when you're there, we'll be watching with you. We'll be watching Facebook but for you for all your reports, but we'll also be watching um, to, to see that God, what God is doing out there in the realms of the Spirit. So the areas of entrustments, the areas where we feel that, well, that's the sheep in my pen. For a start, it's my heart, it's my mouth, it's my family, it's my workplace. Some people have the opinion, well, work's just what I do when I'm not at home and when I'm not in church. So I'll just, I'll just do it half-heartedly. And, you know, it's been a long time ago that the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. There might not be somebody watching you all, t- yeah. all the time, but he is watching you. Yeah. Okay, I just want to finish with four areas that we need to keep watch how to prevent things entering either into our thought life or our heart or into our vocabulary, into our, the words that we say, or into our family or any area of entrustment. Just four things, and I want to run through them really quickly with you. We need to watch for the wolves. Okay, John 10. The gatekeeper opens to the shepherd. If a hireling comes, he just lets the wolf run riot amongst the sheep. We need to watch for the wolves. We need to watch the gate of our life for the wolves in our in our own lives. We need to keep the wolves out. We need to keep the wolves out of the church. We need to keep the wolves out of our family. And sometimes you might think, well, they just look all right. It's only a little wolf. Listen, a wolf's a wolf. Keep the wolf out of your life. Keep the wolf out of your thinking. What's the wolf come to do? To scatter the sheep, to scatter your thoughts, to scatter your family. The sheep, the wolf comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And I just want to charge you this morning, keep an eye on your gate. Don't let the wolf in. Watch your ear gate, your eye gate, and so on. But watch in your own family. Keep the wolf out. Keep on watch. Can I just say with that, wolves scatter in order to separate, and then they choose the weakest. Did you get that? Scatter so that they separate, so that they can choose and attack the weakest. Okay, number one, the wolf. Number two, we need to keep watch for the foxes. In Song of Solomon, chapter two, it says, catch for me the the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. They don't destroy the vines. You still go out to the vineyard, even if you've been in your watchtower in the vineyard, the vines are still there, but they're spoiled. There's no fruit on the vines. Are you looking in your own life and thinking, 
well, hold on a minute. What, where have I been fruitful these last, this last year? What fruit is there to see in my life? And you might say, well, have I led anyone to the Lord? Or have I grown in love? Has the joy and the fruit of the Spirit increased in me? You know, where have I been fruitful? Have I been more fruitful in my times with the Lord? Is it the little foxes? They've spoilt the vines and there's no fruitfulness. Look out for the little foxes. Catch the foxes because they spoil the vines. Two more. The lion. Just on that. The fox. The fox. Let me tell you what it does. It urinates over the blossom. Now, what does that mean? It puts toxin on places so that it destroys. So watch our lips so that we're not putting toxin on that which yeah. God is wanting to bring to fruitfulness yes. and blossom, or blossom and fruitfulness in our lives. Okay, so that's a good one. Yeah. Good. Tag team, good, hey? The lion, watch out for the lion. In Peter, it says, the enemy is like, goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And then it goes on to say, resist him firm in your faith. Does that mean to say, I need to go to my pastor and I need to go to my life group leader and say, oh, I feel like there's a roaring lion. Of course you can. But the the Lord says through Peter, you resist him. You resist him. Firm in your faith. It's, that verse starts out by saying, be alert, be on your guard, be a watcher, because the devil is like a roaring lion that goes around. And just on that, with the lions, they run together. And so they run as a pride together. And so they have a strategy which they work out together. And not only that then, they don't go for the weakest. They will go for anything that they can eat and devour. And so they're not just, they're just looking for the next meal. And they will pick on the biggest or the smallest. It makes no difference. But they often will leave the little to go for the big. Okay, fourth, dogs. Watch for the dog. Watch for the dog. It just makes me want to sing, who let the dogs out? But um, I'll refrain from that. Um, I'll resist, I'll resist that. But listen, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. What could we say? Dogs bite. That's what dogs do. Have you ever felt like, oh my goodness, that conversation, I just felt so bitten. I felt like somebody had a, took a chunk out of me. Watch out for dogs. doesn't mean to say that we, we kick the dog. It means to say that we move out of the way of dogs. All right? Watch out for dogs. Why? Because they're evildoers and they will try and bite you. They'll try and take a piece of you away. Listen, we need to keep alert for even dogs. It says... Um, in Philippians 3.2, because uh, the way to, to keep alert for dogs is if we worship 
and walk in the spirit. It says because um, they're mutilators of the flesh. We need to be walking in the spirit, eyes open, eyes alert to see the dogs. Now, I, I hope I've made it really easy for you to remember this morning. You know, it's animal, it's straight out the scripture, but be aware of the wolf. Look out for the little foxes. Watch out, be alert, because the lion wants to devour. And then watch out for those dogs that want to take a bite out of you. Keep watch, church. Keep watch over your own lives. Keep watch over each other, your family, and all the areas from the watchtower or in the sheep pen that the Lord has given into your care. Trev. Can somebody bring me the, the chalkboard just here, quickly? And um, also with dogs, do you remember the woman from the Syrophoenician woman? She says, do you give your, um, you, even the dogs eat the crumbs. And um, again, they were those who were Samaritans, so they were outside, they were outcasts. But also, they had an influence because they wanted to reduce the supernatural. That's what the Samaritans do. They wanted to reduce the supernatural so that the resurrection was not going to take place. And and so there's just those things that we really need to watch. But I want to just finish off this morning and we'll do the, we'll show the um, announcements or things that was coming up as you're going out, okay? So you can just turn your head around and you can see it. But I just wanted to mention this word, watcher. And... um, word that God is giving to us for this year and I really feel it's important for us to get hold of it you will have it until you keep watching and uh, just like Sharon has said that we need to really take hold of responsibility for our lives well watching our lives is the way that we do that and there's a word that God uses for watcher he used it in um 3.15, where he says to uh, Genesis 3.15, where he puts Adam in the garden, tells him to keep, to watch the garden. The next time you read it, it's where he puts the angel with the flaming sword to watch the way into the tree of life. Same word is used. And then the next word is what I want to really focus in on this morning, was in with Cain and Abel. Do you remember the story of Cain and Abel? And um, Cain slew Abel, and God came to him, and he says, where is your brother? And Cain says, and this is what most of the translations say, am I my brother's keeper? Well, you know what I'm going to say now, don't you? What he meant was this, am I my brother's watcher? Am I the one who should be watching over my brother? And God says to him, what have you done? Now listen, what I want to just do is show you pictorially that word. The word is this. It is, that's the word to watch. G-C-H. That's the word to watch. That's what it means. See, uh, Samar. And the thing is, it's made up of three Hebrew letters. 
So this is a little exercise for you. In Hebrew, the first is this. And that is called Shin, where we get the C, the S from. So that's the word. Now, the thing is this. Now, every word, every letter has a corresponding picture. That's why God is a very pictorial God. That's why vision is so important. And if we're to get hold of something, you see, I believe God wants us to have more of a biblical mindset. People call it an Hebraic mindset. And I'm not talking about us becoming Israelites and all the rest of it. But we do need to start thinking like God because we have the thoughts of God. God put his language or his visions into a language that was Hebrew. And so here, this word, the picture, the second word then is this. It's like an opening here. So that's the mum. So here you have another letter. I'm going to describe it in what that represents. Because you see, there is something that has an opening. And then the last letter is resh. And so you have this samad, that's the the root letters of this word, seer. Now the thing is, this first letter is represented by teeth. That's the picture. And so here, now when we think of teeth, what do you think about with teeth? Chewing, biting, biting, cutting. What else do you think about? Also, wisdom. Your wisdom teeth. Also, what you put in your teeth when you've got something wrong? Fillings. So you add something to it. And that is looked upon prophetically like deception. So you start to pick up a picture. Start to get extraction. God taking things out. And so here with teeth, It's like this. It begins to give us both a wisdom and discernment. But also it has a negative too. The negative is foolish and deception. And so here... When we start looking at being a watchman, it has very much to do with how we speak things out. See, what are you speaking out over the people? Am I my brother's keeper? Now, the thing was this. He had been and killed and murdered his brother. You see? And so God says to him, where are you? Where is he? And so here, let's look. Let no foolish communication come out of your mouth. Also, it's that by which we're able to chew in order to meditate on. And that's another word that can be used, another picture for meditation. We can meditate and so we can digest. But we have to spend time doing that. And so here you have this with regard to the first letter. The second letter is here and it's It's written, it's a picture like that. Now what that is, are the waves or the ripples of water. And so here, God wants to flow out of us like water. 
So that's what it is. So here, this is the spring, but it has an opening to it. Now, what does what does the river um, represent to us? It's a river of life. Now, you start to put this together. What does God want coming out of our mouths? A river of life. Hallelujah. What else does he want to come out? He wants nothing corrupt coming out of our mouths. Also, the words flow, you heard Sharon say about words. They flow and they have the power of death and they have the power of life. And you have this picture with um, Cain that he allowed words of death to come out of him that flowed out so that then it took action and he killed his brother because of pride because he thought that his brother was more favored than him and he wanted to get him out of the way and so here when we start looking at this the next so the river what happens when the river flows it can do two things if there is a lot of water what happens It rises. Hallelujah. If there's little water, what happens? It goes into just a dry bed. And so here, just pick up that picture at the moment. Because then we come to this third one. And the third one is like this. That's my nice man. But see the resh here? And it means... The human head. Now, what does our face represent? Identity. What does your face represent? Me. You. What does it mean when you say you? Your identity, who you are. Yes? And so here, what God wants is from our mouth to flow a river of water that does what? That causes our heads to be elevated. Lift it up so that people see, so that we move into more and more of who we are in God. And in that, it raises up, it elevates us, it gives us an identity. And all of that flows through the words that we speak. Now listen, you've heard Sharon, and I'm nearly done. You heard Sharon say about we need to watch our own life. What, are, what is your self-talk? What are the tapes or the CDs, or the little memos that you keep playing to yourself. I'm no good, nobody talks to me, nobody likes me. See, all of that is your self-talk. Now listen, that that flows from here, a spring of self-rejection. That's right. So what happens is, you start rejecting others before you can be rejected. So nobody talks to me. I walked in here, nobody spoke anything to do. Listen, the reason you came into in the first place was in order to talk to God. Hello? (laughs) That might be a revelation to you. But that's the reason you came was to talk to God. Hallelujah. You see, and what we need to do, we need to stop, change. If you're at home, when you used to have tapes, it's a lot easier with tapes because you just press the button, you either rewind it and all. Now you go back the track, don't you? Or, you know, you delete the message, you know? But some of you need to go home and you need to start deleting your self-taught messages. You know? 
just go through, go through the words that you say to yourself. Yeah. You know, all the negative stuff, just like Sharon did there. Yeah. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a good teacher of piano. Mm-hmm. And um, start deleting them. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you... I've got one here that I read out. You know, because I struggle with writing. These, these are some of my new self-talks. I have the pen of a ready writer. Yeah. I will write out the revelation I am giving. I am a revelatory writer. Yeah. Those who read will be inspired to move forward into their destiny. Amen. Can you see? Now listen, that's my self-talk. Why? Because the God, I just... It just doesn't flow from here to here, you know. And God says, start decreeing out. Can you see? So I have to do it as well as you. Because I want want a flow of words of life that begins to raise up. And listen, it's not elevating because of out of, you know, look who I am. But it's elevating you into your destiny. It's elevating you into what God has said about your life. So that leaves me with the last thing. And the last thing is this. Uh, No, it's not that. I've got that many bits of paper in my Bible at the moment. I'm just scribing all the time. Oh, you're writing all the time. Yeah, see? (laughs) I am. And, uh, And it is. There you go. And then Sharon says to me, you need to tidy all this paper up at home. You know, I'm leaving them all over the place. And, uh, but here, you see, one of the things that we, get, we gave you last week was this, um, the watch of the Lord. Yeah. Something to do each day over the six days. Yeah, right. Now listen, if you don't do it, let me tell you, I can say you're not intentional about what God has entrusted to you. It's as simple as that. And uh, you can't convince me any different. Because if you do not write it down, let me tell you, nobody else will have the opportunity to read what God has spoken over your life. And so here, it's to write down. So on Thursday, I will stand on my watch, the place of entrustment. What has God entrusted to me? Friday, to see what he will say. What is God revealing to me about my entrustment? It was to move you forward into all that God has. If you're not doing it, Let me tell you, you cannot come to me and say, Trevor, I'm not doing anything. Because I'm saying, well, what has God said to you? And what are the things that he's entrusted to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is you taking responsibility over your life. I mean, let me tell you, it's hard enough being responsible for my life. (laughs) Do you understand? It's a 24-7 And then you want me to be responsible for everybody here. Well, I'm just going to tell you to do the same as what I do. And let me tell you this, and then we'll be praying that you get to do it better. Do you understand? And I mean that. This year is a big change. A big change of seeing people elevated. Because I want to see words of life over people so that they are elevated, they move into their place of identity and move into their place of destiny. And so then the fourth day was this, make it plain. How does it apply to my life? 
See, you've got to do, that's what today is all about. How do I apply this to my life? How do I apply the foxes, the wolves, the lions, the dogs? How does that apply to my life? And then we come on to tomorrow that those who read it may run with it. Who am I connected to? Who will help me see it fulfilled? See, the wonderful thing is this was all coming before. I said to Richard, what are you doing? I've heard that somebody's contacted you and you're going to the Yemen. Somebody told me that. Richard didn't. And I said, I want you to get up and share. And while I'm talking to him, I'm thinking, yes, and Shane's going out as well. I want him to share so that we can release words of life to them to lift them up. And while we're doing that, God then does wonderful things for us. Do you understand? And then it says, though it tarry, wait for it, pursue the vision. See, some people give up. And I told you last week, this vision took 183 years in the making. Now listen, we don't want visions that long. Okay, I don't want a vision 180 years. I don't want to be old and decrepit. You know, walking around, my back's put, you know, oh yeah, you know, wasn't that a great time we had? You know, I don't want to be like that. And so here, push through. And then it will not delay. Release, and here's the word, released opportunities. You've heard that so many times this morning. So here, Samar means the watcher. We are to watch. We're to watch our lives. Watch one another's lives. Speak words of life over it. Let me tell you, if we were speaking words of life over one another, and listen, don't just let it be one or two people. And let me say to this to people here this morning. Make friends with people. Be friendly with one another. (laughs) You know, don't just have this little group that you relate to. Make Make your friendships as broad as you can. Let me tell you, you will be amazed at what God does. See, you focus it in on one or two people. And let me tell you, what can happen is that you can get to a place where you can become just nothing more than an attention seeker. And particularly when it focuses in on me or Sharon, because you want the big people. (laughs) Isn't that true? We all have the ability to speak words of life. That's right. Hallelujah. That's a great word. Let me say it again. We all have the ability to speak words of life. You understand? We all have the ability to lift people higher. To raise people up. To get people to stand on our shoulders so they can see further. You know, my dad, I may have said this before, but we used to have the circus down at the bottom of our estate. And um, I didn't have the money to go in. You know, they used to have money. Dad would take me to the circus, but then they wanted more money to go around and see all the animals. And I didn't, we didn't have the money for that. And uh, so what my dad would do, he says, here, come here. And uh, he used to call me, and he calls the grandchildren this too. He, he called us all lover. Come here, lover. And he stuck me on his shoulders, lifted me up over the screen that the, um, the circus people had put up so little kids couldn't see, so then they would badger their mom and dad. But he would lifted me up, and we walked all the way around looking at all the animals. See, That is being elevated so you see more. 
you see more of what is possible. Huh? Start lifting people up. Start lifting people up with words. Amen. Why don't you all stand? I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would so make you a watcher. Oh, there's more. There's always more, isn't there? But it's like Job. The words of Trevor Baker are done (laughs) for today. Uh, Lift up your hands. Let's give him praise. Go on. Go on. Just give him applause. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us this morning. And, um, you know, we will pray for some people this morning. Listen, if you've had a bad week, if you've had a week where you've just had nothing but negative words, then uh, come down to the front afterwards and we'll just decree over you a positive word. That's all you may need, one word. Jesus said to a leper, be clean. Well, we put it, be clean. Jesus said to the leper, clean. That's all, one word. And it changed the leper's life. Hallelujah. So that's all you may need is one word. And so if you've had a real difficult life and you need a difficult week and you just need a word that will lift you up, then you come down. We've got ministry team here who will come and release that over you. But Father, my prayer for this group of people together that we would become watchers over our lives and that also we would become watchers over one another's lives. That Father, what we speak out will be words of life that will release us into our identity, that will lift us up, Father, like we've never been lifted before, so that we can see further than we've ever seen before, and that you would elevate us, Father, into the plans and the purposes that you have for our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.